What's up, dude? Not much, man. <laughs> what are you eating? Uh, Taco Bell. That's what you get. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean that's what I get? No, I said, what'd you get? Oh. It's steak case you is, uh, is everything all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just normally when I'm eating Taco Bell, shit's normally not going too well. <laughs> it's normally like, it's kind of like a canary in the coal mine, like, oh, what happened? You get dumb, you get fired. You Are you hammered? Um, yeah, dude. Thanks for doing it. Podcast guest number one. First ever. For that, I am forever indebted, my sir. You know that... Behind the NASA guy, the guy that knew Bob Lazar. Yeah. And behind the Mel uh, Avon, the young woman, the the power lifter. Actually, no. I yeah. Think, is it? Yours has the most view time. Over Israeli special. Yeah, over Israeli special forces, over over bank vault guy, over military. Apparently, apparently we talk good shit, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're just inflating my ego, man. <laughs> hey, man, we all need it from time to time. We, I think, we always, at least, I think, you and I talk about, you know, keeping like the ego small, you know, trying to never get inflated. But I don't think there's anything wrong with some like healthy, healthy ego. You yeah. know, like um, even if it's just for personal pride and confidence, if it helps you, you know. If you get an A on an OCHEM test, that doesn't necessarily mean, hey, fuck all of you. You know how there's no curve? Me, but no, that not that. That you're a douchebag. <laughs> it's but if it's for you and you know, you haven't been, you know, for me it was like I was never an A student in life. And then once I started studying, I you know, I don't think anyone was being intentionally mean, but you know it, you know, friends and family like really you, like you want to be a doctor, Tommy? And you know, I'm not, you're not the you know you're not the book guy. You know, it, no one was being an asshole, but, you know, being a little snowflake that I am, you know, that, I was like, oh, fuck, like, maybe I can't do this. Once I aced my first test where the, the the class average was an F, it was it was healthy ego. It wasn't like, hey, fuck, you guys, I said I couldn't be a doctor. Look, for me, it was like, it was like, oh, okay, okay, I can do this. I had a friend a year ahead of me that's super, who's now, who's now a doctor, it's fucking brilliant. And I remember going into like a class and he had taken it a year prior. He was like, hey, man, this guy's a 4.0 student. He was like, hey, dude, this is the hardest class at this school. Like, you, you know, good luck. And I was like, shit. And then I remember getting an A in that. And then when the next semester started, he kind of said the same thing. He's like, oh, you're taking cellular biology. But it was like I never said anything to him. But for me, I was like, oh, it's some healthy ego. Like he said that class is hard, but I kicked the shit out of it. It was sort of like myself, like, you know, walked a little taller, like, okay. Okay, it's, but it it's a very delicate game to play, ego, because it can it can very quickly bite you in the ass. But <laughs> so where is it? So my local shit. Where did I put it? The gym I go to has all these different energy drinks, and I you know. Being pre-med in college, you know, as you know, I've consumed every form of caffeine there is. Haven't consumed caffeine in a while, but I saw a drink they had called Bucked Up, literally like, like fucked up, fucked up. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And the guy was like, yeah, I don't think we're gonna like order anymore. Like, it's not moving as well. 
And I was like, what? So I got like a non-caffeinated version. I tried it. It was really, really good. I put all carbonate. I'm a little pussy, so I have to put all carbonated drinks on like ice because it gets rid of the carbonation so I can drink it because I'm a bitch. <laughs> but it tastes really good. And I was like, I was like, damn, that's really, I was like, they're getting rid of it. And he was like, yeah, man, just, I don't know. Go to the website if you want to order some. And I was like, all right. And then I was thinking like, I was like, I need to get like, I need to get sponsors for this podcast because I'm not monetized yet on YouTube. I want to get monetized, but I also don't want all my eggs in one basket because it's, you know, at any point YouTube can be like, oh, wrong thing. <laughs> no more. You've been thinking too much, buddy. You know, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, you know, don't criticize China or whatever. And so I was, I'm just thinking like ahead of time, like I need to diversify. I need to. So I messaged them or I, and I emailed them. I was like, Hey, because uh, I just I was like, how am I going to get sponsors? Because if every other word is like, fuck, mother, fuck, fuck. I was like, this might be a little <laughs> difficult, you know, Joe Rogan can pull it off. But he's Joe Rogan. He, he, you know, he can he can swing his dick around. I'm not. And I was like, I was like, fucked up. I was like, if that's their company name, they've got, they've got half a million followers on Instagram. Like they like they have sales. They sell different gyms. Like they're clearly a corporation that is working. And they're not they're not owned by anyone. It's not like they're part of GNC. GNC holds sells their shit. And I was like, okay, so this is clearly a corporation that has succeeded, and their name is bucked up. So like, clearly there's a sense of humor or there's something that they're okay with language. So I was like, hey, we got sponsor my podcast. And they're like, uh, they got back to me immediately. They're like, we don't do sponsorships. So I was like, fuck. And but they're like, but, and I'm still talking to them. But they might do a thing where. I can do like a coupon code with my podcast, TPC, and they'll just give people free shipping on shit. And yeah, and I don't know if I, what I'll get or if I'll just get free drinks. But yeah, not yet. So you know, I'm not gonna give them any free plugs now because I haven't gotten anything yet. But yeah, dude. So I'm kind of healthy ego boost. I'm kind of like okay, okay, because yeah, every I was like I'm gonna do sponsorships, and everyone I knew was like, dude, you, you're. Your podcast just sounds like a, you know, it, you know, it sounds like a bunch of sailors. Just, you know, first ten seconds, it's like, sup, fucker, like, you know, it's. But yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna start uh, messaging some like uh, veteran-owned companies because I figure like they're not pussies, <laughs> like so. Yeah, yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, it's like, you know, like Black Rifle Coffee. You know, nowadays everyone's like, don't put guns up on Instagram. You know, people. The, the image will be blurred out and you'll click on it and it'll just be a picture of like a chick with a gun you're like what and it's like this might be sensitive to some audiences and i went to like black rifle coffee and it's like a bunch of veterans and they mounted a fucking uh they mounted in what is it the m1 i don't know what it's called a minigun on top of like a civic <laughs> and i was like i was like okay 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 so like i'm finding these veteran owned yeah or like another veteran company it was just like it was a shirt. It was just a shirt, and it just said "Squirters Welcome," and I was like, "All right." I was like a little, a little crude, but or not crude, uh, crap. I don't know if that's the right. Word. A little, uh, not my style. But I was like, okay, so there are companies out there that you know do that. So I'm gonna try to find all these companies and see if I can just get sponsorships and shit. So just so I'm not beholden to the 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 big pimp hand of YouTube, you know. Yeah, yeah, big, yeah. Big brother's yeah. watching you. Yeah. <laughs> big brother's always watching. Yeah. Dude, you know who's you know who might do it? Uh no. Akira the fucking Dawn. 
Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah. Well, I've you know I I designed one of his sweatshirts for him like a year and a half ago, and he really liked it. More importantly, is I messaged him on Instagram, and I guess if you viewed it, I guess I wasn't automatically filtered out as spam because there's an existing conversation. So I was like, here, do my podcast. So like, even if you do it for twenty minutes, just. And so he's like, all right, email me at this address, and I was like, okay. So yeah, yeah, man. But um. I've been running my mouth like an idiot. What's going on with you, buddy? Uh, not much. Just mid-semester here. Uh, trying to get my priorities straight. Mm-hmm. You know, been working on um, yeah, finding my my true identity or like you know going through that phase where you go mm-hmm. from you know child to adult. Mm-hmm. You know, you really learn who you are, and you know, you learn about your quirks and. You know, you learn to accept them. You learn all sorts of really neat, cool things about yourself. Mm. Um, so I've kind of, kind of been going through somewhat of like an existential crisis these past couple months. Um, you know, at first I thought it was depression, but then I realized I think too much. You know, yeah. I'm always questioning. You know, why are we here? You know, what yeah. do we know about yeah. aliens? You know, yeah. I'm always asking those questions. You know. <laughs> So finally, you know, it kind of came to a point where, like, you know, I was questioning my own identity, and it's like, okay, well, that's uh, sometimes I don't know. Like, sometimes you just need to be relinked to who you are, or mm. you, you know, the inner child. Mm. And so I've been working on a lot of that, uh, spending time with the homies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, I also have another project. I, I got into esports not too long ago, but What's I that? started. Um, so it's like online gaming. Oh fuck yeah! Like Rocket League. Yeah, Rocket League, CS:GO, League I, of Legends. I like, had to. I love that. That shit. That shit's so good for making friends. I had to stop because I was doing it nonstop. But sorry, go, go on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, you need this healthy balance. And I've been pretty careful not to, you know, stay up all night playing video games so I can wake up for my 9 a.m. class, you Uh know. But uh, right now I've been working on this PC build. Yeah? Yeah. um, So I had an older build, a pre-build that I bought from my brother for like 500 bucks. But Mm. uh, around this year, you know, it really started to show its age. Mm. So I decided to buy, you know, a part of one part at a time, you know, so over the past couple months, you know, I bought a graphics card, a mm. processor, this and that. And, uh, <clears throat> yesterday I got the case today comes the power supply. And then once that's all done, I, uh, just got to power it on. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Two of my best friends that, that, uh, one guy I've known for more of my life than I haven't, they, uh, they build PCs and they've got sick fucking rigs. And whenever I, I whenever I go up to, I'm going up next weekend to play some video games, but whenever I go up, and they're always like, when are you going to, I'm like bitching about like brand new MacBook, but it like, it like it overheats when I'm like processing videos, like, you know, to, to upload the podcast. They're always like, yeah. every time I go up, they're just like, build a PC, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but it's true. It's that tr- much video editing. It, it's editing. true. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is I'm not making any money off of it yet. So I can't really, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, I got yeah. this, I got this for graphic design courses. So it's kind of, I'm, you know, using it for podcasts as well yeah no it's but i mean it is true it's macs are great for macs are great for creativity 
You know, yes. people are always like, you don't need an iPad unless you're like designing shit. Well, as you've seen, like a lot of like artwork and stuff I do is design and Mac beats PC 10 days out of 10 days. But for something where it's like, I'm just, it's just all about, you know, screen record and process, like equalize the audio basically. So it sounds like we're in the same room for something like that. Yeah, no, it's, there's no need for, there's really no need for a MacBook. Like I kind of just want to get like a fucking hoss of a PC, just like a tank. Um, but if, if you don't mind me circling back to it, um, yeah. What? Yeah. So what all have you been doing to sort of find yourself? Because I completely agree. Um, sort of, I would say when I turned twenty, the day I turned twenty, and my dad dropped me off at the frat house my sophomore year. That's when I started getting A's for the first time because it was also the first time that I started, like, I had stopped meditating for a year and I started again and it all kind of happened at the, they're all, it's like mixed, they're all intertwined storylines, starting to meditate again, starting my three year journey of going from a failing GPA to getting into medical school and really finding myself and that's also like you said, it was, it was terrifying because I started to realize like, okay do I, do I really like drinking or do I have I been doing it for so long? And there's this momentum. Yeah. Everyone I know does it. Everyone I love does it. It's what we do on Friday. What do you do on Fridays? We're in college. We drink. Like, is it that or is it something I truly like? Like in a, you know, in a, in a neutral environment, in like a control setting, think like experiment, like controlled variables. And if I had no external inputs, would I, would I drink? And I, that's one thing I started to realize. I was like, I don't think I like it, but I'd still do it in it. I mean, for three years, but it's, it's what you were saying. I mean, it was kind of terrifying because as I was like, I would meditate more and more and I'd be like, you know, that's what gave me the, sort of the courage to start studying. You know, friends were like, well, what, are you going to go to the library? And it took me a while to be like, yes, like, that's what I want to do. Um, why don't you go out drinking? And I realized, like, because I love waking up early, exercising and meditating and taking a cold shower. Oh, you freak. Like, okay, fine. Yeah, let's go drinking. But it. You know, now I'm 29. You're saying, you know, that you enter adulthood and you start to discover yourself. Dog, I'm 29, and I'm I, I would I've said it before. I think my 29th birthday, August 7th. I think since there until now is the first time in my life that I have ever truly felt like like I'm me and I'm doing the things I do because it's me not till 29 yeah. and it's it's not even like a false sense of what 28 i thought that's no never in my life was i like oh this is me like it's a new sensation entirely that i was like oh this is and the thing is, is it's scary because you can and most likely will lose a lot of friends in the process and that does not mean that it for anyone listening that does not mean like this explosive clash like dramatic like what do you mean you don't you know you don't want to go drinking fuck you no it's just it's much it's not that it's much more of like a instead of two countries going to war with each other it's like if two countries just slowly kind of stopped being allies just for whatever reason it was no hard feelings it was just that's what i mean when you'll probably for me i lost a lot of friends but it wasn't that ever stopped loving each other as people i could still message them and be like oh what's up tommy you know it's but it's once you start being who you really are and putting that as a priority and not caring what anyone else thinks so long as you're not hurting anyone else 
you will fall out of step with the friends that still like to drink or even a less serious analogy would be you like esports and there you might have friends that like fucking squash like you know as you start to realize you like esports more that doesn't necessarily mean like fuck you squash is the best it just means that like you're naturally going to start spending less time with them and that's terrifying it's terrifying i've done it and now i can say it's not terrifying because i realize like oh and they're going their own way too like and that's fine but how do you like so how do you where are you in all this how is it feeling does it it's terrifying but is there like okay but there's some good in it you know it's like you know it's terrifying to go ask out a girl but when she says yes it's like fucking fireworks in your veins i turn off the heater but where are you in this keep talking um so you know i I would say you know that the first little bit really really fucking sucked because you know you're confused you know you're a bit anxious over it you know, I just was not having a good time of it. You know, I was really having a rough time of it. And, you know, especially, you know, during that time, I was still having some issues with some old friends. Mm-hmm. I was having issues with, you know, some family members, you know, this and that. But uh, it came to a realization that, um, you know, the first step, you know, I really think is, is to be honest and to be honest with yourself. And that's really, really hard. Like, yeah, I didn't think, you know, the thought was easy, you know. I didn't think it would be this damn hard. And yeah. It takes a lot of self-respect to be honest with yourself. A lot of self-love to be honest with yourself. Yes. And it's like, uh, you know, it's like, you know, you're having a conversation with your friend and, you know, you notice you say something that you don't really mean, mm. but you don't want to backtrack it. So, you know, you kind of just put in your, your mind, you're like, okay, you know, I didn't really for sure think that. So, you know, next time I'll speak more concisely. But this is what I actually think. Mm. Mm. It's that level of honesty, you know, constantly looking at uh, what you're doing, whether or not it fits your goals, you know, where you see yourself in the future, especially me, you know, trying to be a physician. Um, I've spent a lot of time just working on social skills, you know, mm. learning about people and how to understand people better. Mm. And uh, I will say that has helped me tremendously mm. because, you know, we're all in this together. <laughs> it fucking sucks, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Then he works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's like that meme where it's like the guy – you always see it on Reddit and it's got like 50 awards and people are just jerking off to it like, oh, faith restored in humanity. But it's like, but it really is a beautiful image. It was a guy that was trying to jump off a bridge and like three passerbys like grabbed him and one of them's bear hugging him. Another one's putting his arms through the railing and holding his feet. And another one's holding his belt and calling like the fire department. And it's like, so he can't jump off. And the guy's like crying. And it's, I mean, as someone that's lost a sibling to suicide, like it, it is beautiful. That being said, humor, I feel, heart helps everything. And people that I, – I think people that view, label any humor as dark are just people that, I mean, for better or worse, haven't been through something yet that is that dark. And you realize that humor helps everything. You know, it took me a year or two, but then I started, you know, making suicide jokes because they helped me. You know, my friends that have served in the military – they make jokes about like, you know, losing friends or, you know, firefights or having, you know, being deployed and having your spouse cheat on you, like, because the humor helps them. And for someone that hasn't been deployed or served, like, 
when I view that as dark humor, it's like, oh, I just haven't been in that spot. Hopefully never. But um, that being said, it goes back to what you said. You know, this thing sucks. We're all in it together. The the meme is like everyone holding on and it's like suicide prevention. And it's got like a little speech bubble from one of the guys. It's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, you ain't getting out of this hell. Like, we're all in this together. Like, you can't leave. And it's the guy like, no, let me jump. And the other guy's like, no way, bitch. We're all, we're all in this shithole together. <laughs> like, no one's copping out early. But, um, yeah, it's it's what are you what are you doing to improve or work on or interact with like social skills um so i work in retail Mm -hmm. so you know that's that's part of it on its own you know i've i've definitely came a long ways when it comes to dealing with people especially angry people (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know just from there um and you know i think it's just experience and being exposed you know these highly social situations um you know growing up i i wasn't that social i wasn't you know i think i'm somewhat of a natural extrovert mm-hmm. but i come off introverted mm-hmm. but uh, we also have a friend group and there's like 10 of us <laughs> and uh, f- four of them are my roommates mm-hmm. and so we're constantly doing something you know tonight it's playing basketball mm. Uh, yesterday I was watching anime, you know, mm-hmm. always doing something. Yeah. And, you know, through them, I've interacted with plenty of other people, too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. And have you have you have you started any meditation or continued with it? Yeah, I have headspace on my phone. OK. <clears throat> but uh, I'm, I'm kind of a beginner with that stuff. Dude, every, every, not even to be all like cheesy guru. Everyone's a beginner every day. I meditated this morning. Like I texted you. I was like, hey, we need to push back 10 minutes so I can meditate. Dude, every literally every day is like, okay. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, dude. I've never had two meditations that are the same. Um, what I've, it's kind of like what you said is um, finding out who you really are. It's like scary at first. It's anxiety inducing. But there's a reason you're not just you're not just doing it to torture yourself. Like there is, yeah, there is like a something you're going for. like. We work out and diet not because it feels good, because it feels good after post workout endorphins feel great. Dieting and seeing like you know more definition in your face or like your shoulder that feels good. With meditation, I would say that like there's two things that every, like every morning like I don't want to meditate, like it's like I don't want to. And it's the first is always like, I don't want to sit down for 20 minutes. Like I got, you know, I got, I got memes to look at. I got, you know, I got, you know, whatever. I got to listen to a podcast. I'm watching TV. I'm talking to someone. Just, it's, it's all very addictive. The flow of just constant. And this isn't like a boomer, like phones are bad. I just mean in general, like it's, yeah. you're addicted to, you know, you'd rather just for me, at least I'd rather talk to someone at the gym in the sauna for 20 minutes than meditate. Um, but then I start and then there is a second barrier to not wanting to meditate so it's like it's sort of the fear of i'm going inside and it's once you even just five minutes of sitting there with your eyes closed counting your breaths one two just get to a hundred and you'll very quickly like everything starts to kind of fade away and it's very I mean, it's nerve wracking because it's like 
you very quickly you're confronted with a reality that like I mean literally any do this for five minutes and you will get there where it's like oh like what is going on what is this what is existence there's not nothing because if there's nothing there wouldn't be anyone to recognize there's nothing there is something it's going on like Alan Watts would say he'd be like right now what is it this what is it the sense of not even a sense of anything it's the sense of and you very when your eyes are closed and it's like where am i like okay sure okay i'm i'm sitting on my bed well what do you mean i'm okay well i'm a human sitting okay well i'm an evolved monkey like okay i'm sitting on a rock flying through space like okay getting a little crazier here but then it's like but even above that like what you know i don't know for sure this is real because every night i have dreams that i'm pretty fucking sure are real and you know you know, I, it's like what Joe Rogan said, and there's one of his old ones I used to listen to in like 2012. Is he'd be like, you know, we don't think things are real unless we can knock on it. That's real. He's like, but how do you not know that knocking on it's part of the dream? Every you have a dream every night that you think's real, and so you start. To, you're like, okay, well, am I a monkey on a rock in space? Like, is this just another? The only thing that is that is for real and that is undeniable is it. It's it's going on. There is thisness. Does that make sense? It's isness. It's I am. There is not nothing because I am sensing something, and it. I mean, it can it can wig some people out, myself included. Maybe it's only maybe I'm just an anxious dude. But you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, now. So at first, it's like, okay, I don't want to meditate because I don't want to sit down and focus, you know, just like you don't want to go to school. I want to play video games. I want to look at memes. I want to jack off. Like, you know, I want to go sit in a hot shower. I want to eat cookies, whatever. And that's just because, like, you don't want to do the work. Yeah, it's lazy, whatever. And but then there's the second tier of all of a sudden it's, oh, that stuff is all so much simpler. It's so much easier. There's no fear involved. You know, it's like, you know, it's, I would say that, starting a podcast or learning graphic design, I would say that's far more difficult for me to get than not for anyone else. And I don't want to shit on it than getting in a medical school because getting in a medical school is difficult, but there's a set series of shit you got to do. You got to take this course, to take this course, to take this course. You got to shadow doctors. So you got to volunteer at a hospital. You got to publish research. You got to get some letters of recommendation, blah, 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 have some leadership positions, write a flowery letter, put on a suit and go bullshit your way and get it accepted. But it's still a path. Mount Everest is hard to climb, but it's still a mountain with a path and Sherpas. And you can, it's difficult, but you can do it. Running a marathon is hard, but ultimately it is a set path. When there is no path, that's a whole new dimension of insanity. And there's no goal to go to either. And that's what I find in meditation because you're, so now you're in there, just five minutes in, you're in there and it's, what? is going on what is what is anything and now that is a very thin veil if you stay there for a couple more minutes there's an inexplicable very slow piece that starts to arise you're just like oh you don't you don't need to explain it you're like i am and you don't need to explain it because it's here now like i don't need to rationalize you and I, we're not looking at the sun right now. We can talk about how the sun's there. Even though we're looking at each other, we can talk oh, about... Oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> um, um, but, like, right now, 
But what we don't need to rationalize or argue about is that we're talking to each other. There's no, it does not matter who's arguing with us. We're looking at each other. This is undeniable. This is the only undeniable reality I have right now. Maybe the rest of the universe doesn't exist right now. But what is undeniable? This right here. And that's what starts to happen. And the peace comes. But I'd say those are two terrifying barriers to entry. I don't know what the point of this rant is, but you said you're a beginner. That's what I mean. Dude, I've been doing it since 2008. Every morning is still lazy. I don't want to do it. And then I decide to do it. And then another barrier of like terror. Oh, not to mention when you're in there and your eyes are closed and you're not thinking about anything. There's all this free room for everything to pop up. Like, you got to lose some weight, buddy. Like, ooh, you're still single. You are striking out with the girls. Like, what's this podcast doing, man? You haven't made any money yet. Like, what are you doing, bud? You're 29. You live at home. It's just like the demons have, there's nothing between them and you. They're just circling around you. They're banging cymbals. They got a megaphone. But the longer you stay, the more they fade away. So I don't really know where the fuck I'm going with this, man. But yeah, so I don't know. Meditate. <laughs> All right, Tommy, I'll do more meditation. <laughs> okay, it's like, all right, asshole. You could have just told me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I was going to say, you've, but you've already, I was, you've already had experience with finding your true self because you, you were planning on being a researcher for a long time and you decided yeah. not to. That, yeah, you're right. that is in itself the same process you're going through right now the slow truth the realization the respect and love for yourself to have that truth and then finally the hardest part making the leap and going i don't want to do that you've already done it yeah you know i kind of think of the meme uh, oh shit all right you know what i'm talking what? about Wait, have what? you seen that meme which one that's I'm a meme expert. Just tell me, tell me, explain it to me. It's when the dude, you know, walks in and he sees a rat and he's like, oh shit, a rat. No, but okay. I, but I, I can imagine it. I'll, I'll look it up. Keep talking. Explain it. Or explain, <laughs> explain what's like the meme. Well, I mean, it's kind of like that. It, it sneaks up on you and it surprises you. And, you know, out of nowhere, it's obvious. And I think, I mean, the main reason I decided not to go into research was, okay, you know, yeah. hey, oh shit, a rat, yeah. It didn't have that, you know, that feeling, mm. that um, that love to it. Spark. Yeah, and and B was, you know, I I couldn't honestly see myself, you know, having a future doing it. Um, I realized that I I like I love people. And that I want to have, you know, develop, you know, you know, part of my career, I want to develop very professional and very close relationships. Um, and I realized, you know, through job shadowing that, uh, you know, the, the path of physician was for me, mm. you know, you know, being myself, you know, I realized that I'm a very selfless person. Mm. And, you know, that's, that's kind of got me into trouble in the past, you know, choosing friends because, you know, of course there's people out there that are not selfless. They, yeah. yeah, they're they're looking for the selfless person. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> it's a it's a yeah it's it's a free it's a free karma worker. It's like oh, this guy's never gonna say no. Yeah, yeah. they're demons. Yeah, yeah, and so you know, it, it's kind of kind of been the same you know steps though. Mm. You know, I will say you know, especially last night, I was at work and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, it's. 
it's pretty obvious, you know, what I like and what I don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to be more honest with myself about it mm-hmm. and not force myself to do things that otherwise I wouldn't want to do, even if my friends are doing them. Yeah. You know, that's 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 kind of a hard realization to make. It's like you were saying, you know, if I like esports and my friend likes squash, are, are then, we going uh, to be are we going to continue to be friends? Uh, and, you know, it's nothing personal. It's just, you have different paths, mm. you know, we just have our own adventure. Mm. Um, but, yeah, what you said, the oh, shit, it's a rat. You're like, it's. It sneaks up on you, but then you. What did you say? You said it sneaks up on you, and but then you realize it was off. What, what was it? It sneaks up on you, mm-hmm. but then you know you you realize it's it's been there and it's been obvious the entire time. Yeah, that's. It's like Waldo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except you find him. That's that's fucking brilliant. It's like Waldo. It's like well, yeah. Waldo's not scary though. It'd be like a spider. It'd be like when you don't see the spider and you realize it's been on the wall the whole time, but it's not crawling towards you. And you're just like, oh, fuck, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. But you, but like the longer you kind of stay still, you're like, oh, that spider doesn't give a shit about me. And you're just like, oh, but you're like, oh, fuck, you know, but it's like, oh, that's been there the whole time. That's, but I would say that's, that's exactly what, what, what for me, what psychedelics were like, because I'd explain it to people like, throughout college like despite trying to get into medical school i kind of knew like starting like halfway through so i don't know by my junior year that like i didn't really love it but there was like this momentum and i was like well this is what i'm gonna do i like i like getting a's it's a set path you know it's it's hard like mount everest but there's a path you can go get a good paying job i'll have a job in any country it doesn't matter what happens geopolitically biology is the same everywhere and, you know, it's respectful. I can have a white coat. I can be Dr. Kerrigan. You know, I can have a um, I can have a BMW and a white picket fence. And it was very idyllic. And I now look at it as hell. But I realized it's not what I loved. And it wasn't until I took psychedelics, I realized I was like, oh, it's it's just not what I love. And when I tell it to people, they're like, well, what do you mean? Because you're saying that you knew it for for forever. And I'm like, it. I've never been able to explain it. It's almost like, yeah, like Waldo, but it's almost like you're searching for your keys and you realize they've been in your pocket. You're like, oh, like, okay. Or you like an optical illusion. You know, when you're staring at an optical, it's like, do you see the second face? And you're like, no, I don't see the sick. And then finally, after 10 minutes, you're like, oh, there it is. But it's been there the whole time. That's for me what psychedelics were like, because it, I mean, I think you have to go into it with a desire to find something. Psychedelic can by all means be just recreational like hey, let's go, you know Let's go take them and walk into the woods and you know feel the sun rays on our skin and you know Watch squirrels run around like some little Disney fairy tale like yeah, no, that's fine That's nothing wrong with that. I've never taken them at like a show or something But I'm sure they're great to go see something like fish at or a Grateful Dead or something, you know, like yeah, but For me like I went into it, I was like I just want to like find out like I don't even know what I want to find out, but there's like something I want to find out. There was some knot in me that I wanted to untie. And I've this literally taken me, that was 2013. I've never been able to explain it before, but I, until this morning, <laughs> you literally were just like, yeah, it's always been there, but it like surprises you. 
that's the best way to describe it. Psychedelics, it's like Waldo. It's like a spider that you're, oh, fuck, or the optical illusion. And it can be something like the optical illusion where it's, oh, it's amazing. Or it can be Waldo where you're like, I found it. It can be happy. Um, or it can be a spider where it's more often than not, it can be like a spider where you're like, oh, shit, it's scary. It can be scary. Oh, shit, I don't want to be a doctor. But nonetheless, whether it's a spider or a Waldo or an optical illusion, it doesn't matter what the path is to get to the truth. If you can get it, you get the truth. If you can, once you get that, like, that's 99% of the battle. Then you just got to act on it. It's, yeah, it's, what do you, what do you think about? Well, I don't know. What do you, or if we just want to completely segue, what, what studies do you know? Cause there, I mean, I know there are tons of studies and it's getting more and more acceptable in the medical, medical community. What studies do you know over? What studies do you think are on the horizon with psychedelics? MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, or there's a lot of shit going on at Hopkins. There's stuff being approved for MDMA to be used for uh, veterans with PTSD. There's a uh, end of yeah. There's oh. end, I've never done MDMA, but there's but there's end of life studies with uh, LSD and psilocybin, where it's terminal patients. It's not like oh this might save you. It's no like you're gonna die, but it's with this it's acceptance to sort of. You're going over the threshold to the great unknown. And apparently there's like overwhelming success of people like, okay, like I have cancer. I've got like a month. Okay. And it's just like an inexplicable piece. And kind of like we talked about Waldo, none of them talk about like a message like, oh, I talked to God and I saw the infant. No, it's, you can't describe it because you're like, I mean, I didn't see anything that I haven't already seen before. It's just... Oh, it, there's Waldo, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> so, man, I, you know, I surf, you know, one personality trait I have is, you know, the bookkeeper trait, which is, you know, where you just like to learn about different stuff, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just who I am. Um, but I read a study, and I forget where I saw it. You know, it might have been Facebook, uh, Instagram. I follow a couple of pages. But uh, I think it was uh, University of Wisconsin, Madison. I think that they were working on genetically engineering uh, some bacteria to make uh, psilocybin, or the the drug of mushrooms. Yeah, psilocybin. And apparently there's a lot of, um, you you know, it's looking bright for using that to, to treat depression and PTSD and that kind of thing. Mm. You know, I think that's very interesting because, you know, it's not something that you would think, you know, it doesn't really seem obvious, you know, it's, it's a hallucinogen, right? Yeah, like, yeah. But, you know, apparently, you know, they've seen success in it. And, you know, I've heard stories of friends, you know, take mushrooms and then they say, oh, you know, it cured my depression. It, yeah. you know, made me realize, you know, this <laughs> yeah. or that. Yeah, and, you know, it's crazy. You know, it's, that's that's absolutely insane. And it's a miracle. You know, I don't really understand it. Um, you know, I know with like with acid, I think it's like um, the substrate it binds and then it gets stuck in the protein because you know the, the overhanging lid can't really close, and mm-hmm. so it keeps making that conformational change and keeps activating the pathway. So you just get serotonin after serotonin mm-hmm. in it. But I've never read anything into how mushrooms work. Your house and sudden The only thing I've ever seen with psilocybin is like an fMRI, a functional magnetic resonance, and for like a live look at the brain for anyone listening. It's 
and you, it's the stuff you can see where it's like, okay, you know, play the piano. You can see that part of the brain where it's, you know, coordination of your fingers and like recollection. You can see like, think about, you know, can you, how many phone numbers can you name? And it's okay. That's like memory. It's facial recognition is another part. Excitation, adrenaline, fear, whatever, food, sex. It's, they're all different parts. I could be completely wrong, but what I had seen with psilocybin is there's sort of, it's almost like all the, there's, it's sort of like a global, it's not, whereas each part normally lights up and the rest is kind of dark. With psilocybin, it's almost like everything's kind of like halfway lit. No one part is peaking, but everything is sort sort of active at the same time. And it's just, yeah, it's, you just, yeah, it's an entirely new, and a description or an analogy I saw. I think it was some researcher did an AMA on Reddit and it was this was like six years ago, but it was talking about like global communication, global meaning the whole brain. And he described it as like, he's like, you live your whole life in one room. Let's say this, right. let's say you live your whole life. Just you're born, you're raised, you never leave that room. You work out in there, you eat, you poop, you shit, you sleep, you go to different schools, whatever. And you never leave that room. And um, one night there's a party and you you open the door and you go, oh, shit. And you start walking around and you see other doors are open and other people are leaving their rooms that they've spent their whole life in. And you're like, well, you were here? I was here. Like you go downstairs and you got a couple roommates. You guys got a big old living room that no one ever hangs out in. So you guys throw a bitch and party and you're drinking beer, playing beer pong. You're laughing. You're listening to music. You know, you order some pizza, you're fucking whatever. And at the end of the night, you're like, all right, everybody, you guys all high five. And, you know, you, you don't have each other's phone numbers. You can't text. You can't, you know, but it's you guys all go back to your rooms. The next morning, the alcohol wears off and the door shut. But you remember it's all there. And it's it's nothing. It's nothing sensational or super special about any of the experience. But so much as it's just like oh, you went to the rest of the house and you met other people. And you guys are like, oh, you're here. I'm here. It's and you see this whole thing and you, you go downstairs and you're like, oh, my room's above me. So now you have this whole dimension that you normally wouldn't have thought of. And then you could you can maybe go out on the porch and you realize there's a room above yours. You're like, oh, there's this weird. It's not just me. There's above and below. And you go downstairs and there's different. Some rooms have lower ceilings, some have higher ceilings, some are curved, some are painted. Some have, you know, there are speakers in other rooms. Other rooms have, you know, big doors that lets the sun in or let the stars in or, you know, some rooms are smaller. Some rooms have different vibes like a, you know, a cellar or a garage versus like an attic or a closet or it's a, but you get, you walk around the whole thing. You're having a grand old fucking time. And at the end of the night, you go back and you close the door and you know, it's always there. Not only that, you're no longer afraid of it because you're like, I know it's out there. So that's kind of what I've seen with psychedelics. Um, yeah. You're like you're like hanging out of the screen. Oh, am I? Yeah, <laughs> just your chin. I was like, hey, bud, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the chin needs a little bit of attention too, you know. <laughs> um, have you thought about? Have you thought about doing research with psychedelics, or are you pretty sure that research isn't where your love is? That you'd like to be a physician? Well, I mean, you know, if I ended up down that avenue, I think it would be something I'd be potentially interested in. You know, I have a lot of friends that, you know, they make claims about it, but uh, 
Like I have, I have this one friend who had a really, some really traumatic experiences in his childhood. Mm. And he said when he did uh, acid, you know, his trip was him burning memories, you know, mm. those traumatic memories. And he said that tremendously helped him because, you know, it was symbolic. Symbolic? Symbolic. Yeah, I just yes. forgot too. I was like, is it symbolic? Symbol. Yeah, symbolic. Yeah, it was symbolic of, you know, something, you know, that, mm. you know, these things didn't need to haunt him. And, that, and you know, you know, I think about that and, you know, you got to learn how to cope mm. with what you're going through, you know, and you need to cope, right? Or else it's going to be in your closet, you know, it's going to be a skeleton yeah. if you like yeah. it or not. Yeah. And, you know, some people, they don't have good coping mechanisms. Um, and, you know, especially nowadays, I see a lot of my friends, you know, they have repressive coping mechanisms. You know, you, you know, you can kind of see in their face, you know, if you're out in public and something upsets them, you can see in their face, you know, they kind of just put in the back, mm. and, you know, it all just explodes. Shove, it, shove it in the corner, yeah. Lock it up. Pack it in. It's. I think it also has to do with, not to be all like society... I, I hate when people are like society sucks because to me it's like you're not in traffic you are traffic yeah like, like you're not yeah, in don't, society don't be a you're not yeah. in society you are society okay you're as much yeah. a society as me um but i think it also has to do with society is because it's <clears throat> you know you can make every joke about oh you know millennials snowflakes you guys are so soft just first and foremost, every generation ever has been softer than the one prior. Yeah. Forever. You know? Boomers who shit on millennials, well, hey, you didn't storm D-Day. And the people who stormed D-Day, hey, your parents were in World War One and the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl. And your parents or your grandparents were in the Civil War. And yours fought against the British. And, and yours came over on a ship. And all the way back to, hey, well, you, my generation didn't have the wheel. Well, you know, it, it goes back. It goes back. For, and, oh, oh, so you think you're the toughest? Well, like, hey, that generation didn't even have language. Like, you know, like the one before that didn't have opposable thumbs. Like all the way back to fucking tapeworms and shit. But, you know, so... So let's just dispel that right now. The generation after mine, I'm going to look at and go, oh, they're softer than me. And the one after them, and they're gonna, and it's going to go on for fucking ever. You know, when we grew yeah. up, we didn't have cell phones. Okay, when your parents grew up, they didn't have microwaves. And I'm sure they said that to you at some point, And you're like, okay, cool. But now it's here. We can heat up food faster. Shut up. Okay, yeah. Now I have supercomputer in my pocket. I can talk to anyone in the world at any time. Shut up. Fuck off, you know. But yeah. that being said there is something about that we have not reached a spot where it is there and there's definitely something to be said for being tough and there's a lot of value in that there's overwhelming value in being tough learning that sometimes there isn't an easy like oh you got to look at it this way sometimes it's literally you know i mean you're pre-med sometimes it's just like it's just white knuckling it just going you just got to finish the course dude the test (laughs) the test is tomorrow it's 3 a.m. There's not a spot where I'm going to remember that I truly want to be a doctor. And that's going to inspire me. No, sometimes it's just you got to memorize every goddamn structure. Valence electrons here, aldehyde, ketones. This is what happens. Benzene, carbolic acid. <sighs> Tired. It's just, you know, sometimes there's nothing but white knuckling it. Working out. Doesn't matter what workout song you listen to. Sometimes you literally just have to grit your teeth and go harder. That being said... 
there's we definitely have not got to a spot and I don't think it's our parents' fault because it's how they were raised. And I don't think it's their parents' fault because it's their how, how they were raised. It's, you know, it's almost like inherited trauma. It's it's like Bojack Horseman. You know, we inherit our parents' trauma, but we never truly understand it. There's something to be said that you, it's still, if you're, if you're a male, suck it up. Don't be a pussy. Work harder. And I truly do believe, I do think there's a lot of value in that stuff. Sometimes you just got to be told to, hey, dude, fuck off, work harder. On the same side as someone that's lost a sibling to suicide. There is, what did I never do that made it a more welcoming environment to talk, to say, "I've, I've had some trauma, to say, this shit's really bothering me, to say, you know, you know, you and I can talk about, well, I don't want to do research because it's not what I truly love. Or I can say, I don't want to be a doctor because it's not what I truly love. And, you know, instantly anyone else's input is going to be, well, why don't you be fucking grateful you have a job? Like, yes, there's a lot of value in that. There's a lot of truth in that. But, you know, why don't you be grateful you don't live in Africa? And how about the people in Africa be grateful that you're a human and not a fucking whale? You know, it, it, the chain can go on forever. So it's not a valid argument. Um yeah. And I could just as quickly go, well, my problems are real because look at Justin Bieber. He just gets to be a million. You know, it, it, it doesn't. That's not a valid argument. There's the no coping mechanisms, I think, comes from a society that isn't necessarily all about coping mechanisms. And again, it's not society's fault. We are society. It's, you know, because it's how they were raised and it's how their parents were raised and it's how their parents were raised. So that's, again, that's not a valid argument. So all we can do is, okay, how do we start now? We, we can't play the blame game anymore. I took out a loan to pay back a loan to you because you took out, you need me to pay back so you can pay it back. To, it goes on forever. It's not a valid mm-hmm. argument. So we, we just have to start now. How can we be more open to coping mechanisms? Well, it seems like an impossible puzzle. We're just going to change human nature. We're all just going to sudden start listening to each other. It's almost like you need like a miracle. And there kind of is with psychedelics. And not in the, you know, turn on, tune in, drop out, peace out, fuckers, you know. No, not that. It, in a clinical setting, you know, MDMA therapy, what they'll do is they'll take like the individual in and you know, family members, parents, whatever, friends, whatever, or, you know, a rape victim or you you bring in and th- th- with those that love them and you just, you take this thing that is, I've never done an MDMA, so I can't speak on that t- topic, but it's, let's say it's psilocybin. It's, okay, let's say terminal illness psilocybin. Like, I would say not to be all edgy, but like, I'm 14 and this is deep, but we all have terminal illness. It's called life. It's called aerobic respiration. If, it, if nothing else kills you, it's it's valence electrons in your what, the proton pump. But it's we all have terminal illness. And, you know, what better for me, psychedelics, it made me realize, oh, I'm going to die. Okay, so now I don't have fear to not go to medical school. I might as well just do what I love. I'm going to die. It's the same thing with coping mechanisms. How do we undo or at the very least halt 10,000 years of human momentum? Where literally going back to like, my fingers hurt. Hey, we're all building the Great Pyramids together. Shut up. Like, you know, it goes back for infinity. And it kind of seems like you almost need like a miracle. And you could 
hope that you know if you if this is your faith you hope that a god intervenes you could hope that a, an advanced species intervenes but it neither of those seem very likely and i'm not shitting on either of them it's um what do we have now to work with and it seems like it almost seems like something that's too good to be true but it is true and it's psychedelics they have they blow everything out of the water i mean people that were heroin addicts that go and do iboga the recidivism for like the best heroin clinics or something like five percent of people won't use heroin again like 95 percent of people fall off the wagon again with iboga it's like 96 percent of people won't use again you know stuff like mdma or psilocybin it's not like you know zoloft or wellbutrin like you know there's a 10 percent decrease in uh depression or suicide it's literally like oh no it's just gone it's just gone <laughs> it's it's i mean psych- psychedelics truly are it's i mean they are they are the nuclear weapon of psychiatric health they're unlike anything else it's not a sharper spear it's not a faster tank it's not a plane that can fly higher it's an entirely different paradigm shift. It's a fucking bomb you drop and it vaporizes a city. It's just, there's nothing like it. It changes everything. Psychedelics are kind of like the atomic bombs of psychiatric help. There's nothing, there's been nothing ever like them. And it's, ironically, we went balls deep at 100 miles an hour in a nuclear weapon. Say, ah, fuck it, whatever. They might blow up the world. But we seem to be tiptoeing into psychedelics. Well, these are very dangerous substances. Like, it's kind of some irony in that. Nuclear bombs? Fuck it. Hydrogen bombs? Build it bigger. Why not? You know? How many? We got 10? We need 30,000. Put them on missiles, too. Put them on 70,000 missiles. Put them on subs. Put them everywhere. Give them out to your kids. You know? It's like... It's just psychedelic, so it's like, well, hold on, let's be very safe about these. We don't know what this adverse side effects are. Like, you know, it's like we like weed. We don't know what what's in this weed. Meanwhile, you can go buy a pack of cigarettes and an eight pack of butt or a six pack of butt heavy and get a Big Mac. Like, you know, it's yeah, dude. But I think I think psychedelics are a very long winded response to your saying. You know, some people don't have coping mechanisms, but yeah, what's the root of it? It seems like coping mechanisms aren't taught and they're not condoned and they're never developed because no one ever wants to talk about anything. No one ever talks about suicide till it happens. No one ever, you know, even now, nobody's talking about mass shootings right now in the news. It's because we haven't had one in a while. It's just like, we're not going to talk about it until it happens again. You know, it's... I've gone so far off into the weeds. I don't even know what we're talking about. Darren, what do you well, got? What do you got? Talking about psychedelics. And, well, yes. But you know, I haven't you know read too much into them. You know, but I have friends who have done them. Sure. Um, and you know, I've only heard, for the most part, you know, positive experiences. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know too much about their clinical applications, but. You know, if there's a medication that can really help people, and I mean help people, then we should be doing it, you mm. know, regardless. Mm. I mean, you know, especially these days, you know, they're they're making these medications that cost $200,000, but, you know, how much would it cost for them to grow a fucking mushroom, you know? <laughs> Bingo. That's what I'm saying. Bingo. <laughs> well, not that. How much can they make? Because you can't patent it. Yeah. There's the, there's the, you know, I've, I've always bring up this example, but I really need to get some research. I really need to back it up with like a link. 
but it's like you know thc like we can't use this concentrated thc oh it's helping your kid with seizures doesn't matter we can't use it but as soon as a company comes out with like their own enantiomer of it it's like oh this is this is cannabex like you know produced by GlaxoSmithKline. Yeah. cannabex ask your provider well now all of a sudden they're all gung-ho and they and they tout all the you know everything everyone else already knows just how good weed is for everything it's but it's not until so it's not this like insidious government like they can't have the weed because the people will wake up no what it really is is it's just these it's a free market and it's capitalism going and this is this is where capitalism doesn't shine it's going oh we can't make anything off of that so yeah it's not a let's not have that and and then and then GlaxoSmithKline comes out with cannabis and all of a sudden oh yeah look how we and they start listing all the stuff that you can find right now anyway with just weed I think it's going to be the same thing with psilocybin. You know, psilocybin, you would knock out... I'm not a physician, so I don't know this for sure. But think of, I mean, what? Zoloft, Wellbutrin, Effexor, uh, drawing a blank. Every other fucking antidepressant, SSRI. Um, and it it seems like... It seems like those would knock out everything. And they can't have that because that's where they're making money. If they could make Solcybex brought to you by Pfizer, then <laughs> then we might start having it. They're gonna go, well, look how many look how much more effective this is than every other drug. So it almost seems like that's the trade-off, is like and I've I've thought about this a lot if you can't tell. The trade-off is gonna be these big pharma corporations are aren't gonna start selling it and using their networks of disperse of uh dispersal, of getting them into clinics getting them into stores, Rite Aid, CVSs, putting commercials up, which they have an incredible ability to do. You know, we have an incredible drug dealing ability as a nation. And it's a great thing. I'm not shitting on that. It seems like they're not going to get out. We have these established networks and we have these drugs, THC, psilocybin. How come we're not doing the two, which is what we're bringing up? How come they're not happening? And it's because they can't make any money. So I think the trade-off is going to be you're going to have to tell these corp, you know, it's we're going to have to meet halfway. It's not just this idyllic, like, psilocybin and THC for everyone. Fuck the corporation. That's sure. It sounds great. It sounds great when you're in fourth yeah, grade. It's not, it's, it's not how it happens. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's not how it happens. Look how hard it is for Tesla to get their cars in certain states. A lot of solar yeah. panels are still banned in Florida, the Sunshine State. So it's not, that's not reality. You can bitch about it all you want, but let's, let's deal with the facts. And the facts are, is you might, have to concede to these corporations to say, okay, you can make psilocybex and you can charge $50 for a month prescription, which is bullshit. Or, you know, you know, cannabis, you know, you, okay, what the fuck? I can go get a gram for $10 or no, this gram's $100. But I think what's going to happen is, and I've I talked about this on another podcast, is if we can let that happen, if we can make that concession, then what's going to happen is just like any other drug during finals week it doesn't matter if you have an adderall prescription go to any campus on any library or any frat house during finals week go there with 20 bucks and you know in in a good attitude and you can leave in 20 minutes with a pocket of adderall or vivance it's just it's everywhere you don't have a prescription to anxiolytics or painkillers go to any street corner go to any college town go to any dorm 20 bucks in a good attitude and be able to talk to people you can leave there within an hour with the drugs you want so what's going to happen is is you're going to have all these same unofficial pathways of dispersal 
dorm rooms, libraries, frat houses, street corners. But now, instead of slinging Xanax or Valium or Adderall, what if you're slinging psilocybex and cannabex? Well, what's going to happen is those same pathways, they're going to get to more people than what have ever done psychedelics before. And we sort of have to have that this is bullshit middle step of corporations are marking up a ton of money. But I think the long con will be more people do. And once you get an enormous amount of people doing it, once you get in a like just like alcohol, well, that's when you're going to see some changes that 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 right now seem idyllic and romantic. But once you get psilocybex, you know, in any bar, fuck it, let's try this. We do coke every night. Let's try this. We've you know spring break, whatever. And you're expecting to just have a normal time, and instead you sit on the beach all night looking at the moon, and you realize how much you love everyone, and that you just want to help people. Like you know, when you have that happening now, not only that. But what happens when there, you know, what happens when the Elon Musk motherfucker who not this defamation, so I can't say that. Let's say just say an innovative billionaire that, or all these celebrities and all these politicians, they have Dr. Feelgoods, the people that write in prescriptions. Well, what happens when they're like, yeah, fuck it, I'll try psilocybin. like, whatever, you know, you don't want to be Heath Ledger and overdose on Valium. So they try something else. Well, what happens when you have people in power with the ability to make policy and truly restructure society? What happens when their pill pusher decides to toss him a psilocybex? And now all of a sudden you've got Bob, who's in charge of inner inner city uh, single parent housing. And all of a sudden he trips dick one night and he realizes just how much suffering there is. And he and 10 other guys who are in charge of this and they've been embezzling money for 10 years. And they go, you know, let's stop. And it sounds all idyllic until you try mushrooms and you realize that's exactly the kind of shit you f- you feel and realize. And you see yourself in the eyes of everyone else. You, every, you, see, you see every suffering person and you see your own face. Well, then you start, start, you know, you get to CEOs and shit. And then you have these people going, oh, maybe let's not price gouge this. And it's so I think there's going to be this bell curve of like bullshit. What? They're selling blunts for $100 each? Fucking corporations ruin everything. Yeah. Give it, give it some time, give it some time, and eventually, you know, you get and drink till you're 21, dude. I drank more between 16 and 21 than I have between 21 and 29. <laughs> uh, you know, eventually it's gonna be psilocybex, cannabis, you know, yeah. LSD, 3D, you know, what, whatever, just some, you know, DMT trademark. <laughs> so it's the snake is gonna eat itself. It's eventually what's going to happen. Eventually, someone that works at Big Pharma is going to take a psilocybex partying, and instead of doing coke off a hooker's ass, they're going to sit there going, the world can be so much better. It's it's poisoning the water supply, but it's poisoning it with love. It's 1245. You said you got to go then, so I don't want to hold you for work. Oh, yeah, yeah. Better get going soon. Yeah. But thanks for having me, Tommy. Dude, thanks for coming on, dude. You're the original guest. You always can walk the fuck on. What 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 we texted about, and what will obviously stay private. My brother, you've made tons of progress, and it's it's visible. And I'm very happy to see it. Um, come back on, man. Don't be a oh, all right. don't be all a right. fu- don't be a fucking stranger, dude. It's been t- <laughs> episode one was December twelfth. Today is February fifteenth. Two months, three days. That's too much of a gap between episodes, my friend. Oh, you're right. You're Other right. people have been on. I've had one guest on that's been on five times now. 
an author who's been on three times. Israeli special forces. Sir, what? Sir. Rob, yeah, he was he was he was yeah, one of yeah. my he was my older brother one of my deceased older brother's best friends. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. and JP, the uh the drone operator, he was another one of my brother's friends. And they're friends, and they're both coming on actually after this. We're having a Oh break. shit. And they, they and they haven't hung out since like my brother's funeral. So it's literally it's gonna be a merry old time. But uh yeah, man. Don't be two months, three days. That's way too long for my guest number one. When my podcast blows the fuck up, you're gonna be guest number one. All right, I'll I'll make sure to schedule more podcast yeah. dates with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, um, and dude, like, just text me and ask me, and like I've done before, I'll screenshot you uh my calendar. As long as long as we have ample time ahead of time, it's fine. And canceling, what I tell everyone is, it's fine. Just give me at least twenty four hours, and I'm fine. I don't yeah. care. It's what I don't like is when people the morning of I can't do it. I'm like, well, now I can't book someone. But for canceling, it's fine. It can just. Yeah, I got this going on. Okay, we can't do this. I'm keeping you. It's 1247 now. So get to work, you beautiful bitch. And uh, <laughs> shoot me a text, man. Let's reschedule one, all right? All right. I will. All right, brother. All right. Peace.